Four 23-year-olds, two fifth-year seniors, and two fourth-year juniors walk into the Kohl Center to showcase their talents. They call themselves the Aristocrats. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the man who the extraterrestrial in... What? Oh, fuck. Who, come on. Me. Who puts the extraterrestrial in Tree Monster? I don't know. Plum wrote this. Uh, Kevin Grek and the squirrel badger himself, Alex Plum. Uh, Listen. Plum, I can tell you're not doing well. Uh, well, I can... <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you didn't listen to the most recent episode of the search, Michael, because if you had, you might mm. have known that uh, the boys were faced with a question related to the Captain Marvel universe. Captain Marvel. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. No, Crushing that's it. it. Keep you going. nailed it. The Captain Marvel so. universe. Captain Marvel universe. And uh, that's not it. But they said that Grek was grouped who was an extraterrestrial tree monster. I had to look this up because I didn't know what group meant. Yeah. I think we're an expert in the Captain Marvel universe. Yeah, it's a good thing you're you're introducing this whole thing. I I think they called me Groot just so I might get the... I might get the idea that maybe I don't have to talk as much on the podcast. You know, maybe ah. a less is more type of uh, type of situation. Is well, they said that I, they that. said that I was the squirrel guy, and the squirrel guy is the character who is apparently a raccoon but doesn't want to be called a raccoon but everyone knows he's a raccoon but then he eventually comes to terms with being a raccoon so i'm going to take this as pretty homophobic and uh i'm deeply (laughs) offended uh by that so uh well and jonesy was star lord for those listening Um, (laughs) and that's how you know that there's really no self-respect and it Uh, was that was a forced comparison yep. first comparison <laughs> yeah. to say the least. like chris well, pratt but they, yeah they called you chris pratt like and i thought you might like that they thought i might like it too which felt a little backhanded but it's not really important uh we, we do want to thank everyone for listening uh to this podcast and if we can ask a small favor please share the pod with spartans in your life rate review and subscribe please do give us a review if you get a chance on spotify or apple podcasts uh, and of course follow us on twitter and instagram at spartan pod We've got a lot to talk about this week, gentlemen. Uh, we are, of course, going to go ahead go ahead and behind the green wall and chat some football, the sport that always leads. We're going to talk some devastating loss uh, to Wisconsin and then some uplifting news in other sports before we head off Grand River, preview uh, University of Michigan and then Maryland in hoops, and then take your Twitter questions. Uh, all right. Lots to did talk you, about, actually, with football. Jonesy, did you... Uh... Did you purposely do the introduction yourself so that neither Plum or I could talk about where the lines are going to fit in this whole episode of Can't Read, Can't Write? <laughs> did you do, did you do, is that premeditated? Did you, do you what, want to why? know that I actually blame you for the Lions losing? Wow. Me? Me? I? I did that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it later. Great. Wow. Uh, all right. That's a tease. Uh, football. Uh, we have a new commit, and I know my colleagues are very excited to talk about a high school boy, so they have his recruiting profile pulled up. But Jalen mm-hmm. Brown out of Texas uh, is a wide receiver. I believe he's the 108th uh, best, re- uh, best wide receiver prospect 
um, according to 24-7, and the 108th best player in the state of Texas. Oh. Uh, plays at uh, 6A, which is the, the highest um, level of football that there is in Texas. Ah. Uh, it, I, this felt a little bit like best of who's left on the board, maybe, um, for, for a pickup for the class of 2024. But it looks like maybe hasn't been playing football all that long. Anyway, uh, you guys have any initial thoughts? We always talk about peer groups. Uh, and the peer group for this one, in terms of the offer list, is an institution called East Central, North Texas, a, an institution called Southern University. <laughs> Are you that's, in, that's in Georgia. That's in Georgia. Okay. <laughs> and then Wazoo and us. Uh, basically, Wazoo is the comp. So you missed the university of Southern North Dakota at Hoople. <laughs> Hoople. Oh, I always forget the Hoopettes. Always missing the Hoopettes at Hoople. <laughs> anyway, Hoopettes feel like a Dr. Seuss uh, creature. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, uh, Look, I don't. I don't think the staff is taking someone just to take someone at this point in time. Sure. Uh, so, you know, got to see something, uh, something out of him. Uh, I believe in his senior year, he recorded fifty-five catches for nine hundred eight yards and eleven touchdowns. Um, which, you know, that plays uh, at that at that level of of ball. And hundred eighth player in the state of Texas is not terrible. Like that's. It's still a pretty good player. Uh, he's an 87 overall in ranking, which puts him sort of smack dab in the middle of three stars. Um, and uh, yeah, welcome, Jalen. I don't know what else to say. All right. Let's talk about the staff. I guess that's the other thing. Let's talk yeah. about the staff that's recruiting these Money, guys. please. Money. Yeah. Because this roster is going to continue to be in flux and... No disrespect to our uh, our next Jalen, um, but I expect guys will come, guys will go. But we do know who will be coaching these guys now, and we know stuff about their contracts. So, Jonesy, do you want to walk us through that? Yeah, so we've got three coaches who are making over a million dollars or more. Uh, offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren is making $1.1 million. That's a $300,000, approximately $300,000 raise from what he was making at Oregon State. Uh, for comparison, Jay Johnson was making $1.35 million when he left. Uh, and by left, I mean was said bye. Uh, defensive coordinator um, Joe Rossi is making $1.5 million. That's a $400,000 raise from Minnesota. Scotty Hazleton was at 1.1. So, I mean, I, you can say, though, that like these are give or take uh, flip-flops of, of the previous regime in terms of what you know, comp was for coordinators. Sure. Uh, our offensive line coach uh, is making $1 million. That's approximately a $200,000 raise from what he was making at Oregon State. Cap was also at $1 million. Of A big n- note... Um, uh, in difference between Coach Cap and and our new offensive line coach is that uh, this offensive line coach has actually shown that he's good at coaching, uh, mm. so that's that's good. Uh, our new strength and conditioning coach is getting uh, it's a three year deal. Uh, only the coordinators in the S and C coach could get three year deals. Um, 
he's getting 600, 650, and then, I'm sorry, 600, then 700, and then 750 over the course of his uh, three-year deal, hmm. uh, which makes him one of the top 10 in the sport uh, in terms of pay. want to circle back to this in a second. Um, just to run through the remainder, uh, Blue Adams, Keith Banafa, and Coach Leggy, we'll call him, uh, the defensive line coach, uh, are all at 525. Uh, Brian Wozniak, uh, the tight ends coach and recruiting coordinators at 450. Chad Wilt, who coaches rush ends and is also the co-special teams coordinator, is at 350. And Coach Meat is coming in at 450. It's on me. Uh, last note is uh, Jonathan Smith's contract automatically extends by a year if he wins seven games in any of his first three seasons. Interesting wrinkle, huh? Mm-hmm. Because we looked at the schedule for next year and seven win He could extend that year you know, contract a year next year. And I think we'd all be happy with that. If he he hit seven and five next year with the schedule that they have, would this podcast be pleased to find out that he got another year tacked on as a result? To be sure. I'm more interested in years two or three, less interested in year one. Okay. Mm, Uh, Softer, softer schedule next year. And uh, but worse players and not a lot of uh, on ramp for him. I to... don't know that it's worse players because Mel didn't totally leave the cupboard bare. Yeah, I'm kind of with Jonesy on this one, Plum. Mm. It seems like they've got the some pieces. They just have to kind of put them together, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know what? That you guys, would mean you guys good watched, at coaching. You guys watched the football team <laughs> this year, or were you there? Were you did, the fall? Did, 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 have you just emerged from a coma? Yeah, I'm trying uh, to <laughs> because because the, the highest rated the guys that we wanted to play were all injured, <laughs> injured for weeks upon weeks, constantly on that injured list. So it's hard really to know um, whether they have. They certainly don't have any sack. Gotta gotta fucking say that. So not sure. Well, this brings us skill. to the strength and conditioning coach, actually. Ah. Uh, so coming over from Oregon State, uh, you know, U of M right now is dealing with the loss of their strength and conditioning coach, and some fans of that school are apoplectic. Now, is this the Others one that uh, pointing out Juwan Howard? No, this that's basketball. That's the one that Juwan Howard beat up in the locker room or whatever. Oh no, this is the Not one that, that one. invented chocolate milk. Um, yeah, chocolate milk strength and conditioning coach he was the ultimate he was the greatest of all time so i i presume that it's still him in yeah. this role all right that's good that's a slightly less dated reference than the aristocrats so we're moving in the right direction <laughs> well anyway uh some U of M fans are like this is relatively plug and play that mm-hmm. uh that if you work in strength and conditioning you understand strength and conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so it's, so, uh, it's just interesting to that, that payout for that particular staff member member is intriguing to me because I don't know what he's done to indicate that he should be a top, he should be a top 10 compensated in the country strength and conditioning coach. I look the offensive coordinator, uh, who we all kind of had questions, Mark, I, I think that, maybe as a reasonable raise for, for moving from Oregon state up to Michigan state. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Rossi feels, we'll see, but like, you know, you had to poach him from another big 10 school. So presumably you had to throw some meaningful cash at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And frankly, the person I think we're saving money on is only paying the offensive line coach a million dollars. When again, he's 
gotten their offensive line unit to two Joe Moore award finalists, like he at least was good at coaching. Yeah. Um, if I were to make a argument, the strength and conditioning coach sees these guys a lot in particularly mm-hmm. in the off season. So if, if we're taking the guys at their word that there were a lot of injuries last year, the strength and conditioning coach and his program is responsible for keeping them motivated in the off season, keeping them going and having them conditioned and ready for the yeah. upcoming season. Yeah. So in terms of the impact on the field, I can make an argument pretty easily for the strength and conditioning coach. Um, just in terms of maintaining and improving. Yeah. I mean, it, he, they also have individual <laughs> plans for each of the guys. No, yeah. They have relationships with everyone. That's right. Like they touch if, if all done right, of the student athletes. Yes. If done right, this is in that in fact, this is the most important. Um, this is the most important staff person, if done right. Um, because we are a we are an injury prone program because we're weak, willed, and don't want to win. Uh, and have for many years that's defined our program. So until those two things change, and that's really ultimately the strength and conditioning um, person's job. Mike McDonald is his name, graduated from Purdue in 2008, which makes him our age, and that's distressing. <laughs> um, very distressing indeed. I think Sharon Moore might be the last of the head coaches that's hired that's older than us. Yeah. Like, uh, so true. Because it's it was a real shot by the bow when yeah. that one came across. Yeah. I was like, good God. Yep. I did not understand how young that man is. And now. Now I do. Okay. <clears throat> now I do. My I, Lord and my God. I think I do okay, but I, I, Sean Moore's doing better than me by, by a lot, just by a multiple right now. <laughs> Logarithmically uh, more money. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I, I think to, we were a little bit concerned about the, how how the money might be spread around. Are we paying these and guys I, for the sake of paying these guys? Was the question because that that was the question that we always had about Tucker's staff. Is it a if we build it they will come thing? Like can you make someone a top 10 offensive coordinator because you compensate them that way? And I think the science showed that no you cannot. So that was right. our concern with this and we'll see. We'll see what the results are on the field. Some of these guys might not be worth this cash. Some of these guys might be worth every penny. We'll find out. And and then the question just becomes, is Jonathan Smith willing to do what it takes to move along from a coach? Yeah. And so, you know, uh, because the fact of the matter is, you know, at $1.1 million is probably what we would have spent for an offensive coordinator, period, maybe more. And so that is the market rate for filling the role. And there's not necessarily anything to indicate that Brian Lindgren isn't qualified for it. Hell, they had a better offense than we did, so that automatically makes him qualified for it in Mm -hmm. some capacity, or at least more qualified than Jay Johnson was. Um, all right, this was fun, but now it's time to not have fun. (laughs) What do you mean? We're gonna have a lot of fun talking about the Wisconsin game that we won by forty points, didn't we? Aristocrats. (laughs) Uh. So, uh, MSU goes to the Kohl Center, and if you saw the game in the Breslin, you saw this game too. Um, 
Wisconsin uh, beats Michigan State 81 to 66 in a game that for like 30 seconds was within three or four. Um, yeah. At the around 10 minute mark ish in the in the second or in the first half. Um, there's I, I don't know. There's uh, foul trouble played plagued Michigan State. Uh, but for for me, this uh, this was about hustle and continues to be about hustle. Wisconsin shot really great. Uh, well, not, I mean uh, they did, yeah. and AJ uh, Store just blew the doors off of everything. Yeah, Wisconsin shot 29 for 57, so that's, uh, let's see, that's 28 misses. Um, And they picked up 12 offensive rebounds. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, it's not hard to do when you have a nine-foot guy in Stephen Crowell at their five. The guy is an absolute... We have a nine-foot guy, too. Who? Carson Cooper. Oh, no, no, no. Carson Cooper has the stature of a nine-foot person and the ability of a, a Michael Jones, you might say. Um, a star-lord of basketball. A, a basketball star-lord, if you will. No, uh, it's more than height. I mean, this Crowell guy was, I think, 15 points, three rebounds. Um, seven rebounds. Seven rebounds, three assists. He was very, very good for a fight. Could you imagine if we had a center? that could score more than 10 points regularly, we would be on top of the Big Ten. Well, that's our hope for the teen wolf, Jackson Kohler, but that has yet to be, that has yet to manifest itself. I, I think Jonesy, the thing that killed me the most were the were the boards. That was, I kept coming that's back what, to that's it. That's why I'm saying it's a, a hustle thing. Time and time again of just killer boards that we missed particularly on defense where they got second chance opportunities and then they lit us up as a result of it and i i know that tyson walker had a bad game um like a a very bad game part of me wants to just say like oh this is what happens when tyson walker has a bad game i don't think that's entirely it i think it's i guess we're gonna call it hustle i think it's getting beat at the stuff that you need to do that is quintessential Michigan state was the most demoralizing thing of all. And AJ store scoring infinity, approximately infinity points um, <laughs> as a transfer when Izzo has decided not to make any roster moves. Um, and I was think also discouraging, but yeah, I think that's where I wanted to spend some time tonight. Graham couch kind of talked about this in his, um, Fuller article bemoaning the state of the program. I was sad not to be on last week, Graham. Missed you. Kiss you. Uh, your comments, his comments on the state of the program, I thought were were right. I don't think they were hysterical. I think Graham has been, like us, very fair to this program. But this, this is ultimately, this team is a failure of Tom Izzo who has incredible talent in individual players and a complete and utter inability to sew them together into a quilt, a blanket, uh, anything that will provide 
anything of value, whether it be warmth or beauty or something, uh, this is a useless garment that just gets draped on the court and cannot consistently perform. And, and, and largely, largely, that is because we have failed. And this is now a multi-season failure at having anybody of, of merit at the five. Yeah, This is the biggest challenge. I was going to actually push back on you a little bit, Plum, there, and ask, can we say that we have an overwhelming amount of talent in the in the front court? Because I'm not seeing it with Sissoko. And as we've all seen on Twitter a thousand times, That's Carson right. Cooper took one off the chops. And it was like the perfect encapsulation of this yep. game. Yep. But it's, I would say it's Tom Izzo. And we've, this has been a, a, critique of Tom's that we've had the entire time we've had this podcast, yep. the resource management in the greater yep. sense of like, are you using all of your, uh, all of your roster spots? Like nope. yep. right now, uh, we have a super millionaire's kid on scholarship simply yep. because we've got extra scholarships available. Yep. Smitty doesn't need the money on this one. Smitty, can, yep. Smitty can pay for the books. It's yep. fine. Um, but like, and now it's not just the, uh, it's not, it's not just making sure that we have a five on scholarship. It's also, I would say we've got to adjust the window and how we're evaluating these guys in certain ways. We know that this team is well-resourced in NIL as well. We know that these guys are being paid and we know that that means that Tom Izzo has to some degree, and I, we might be naive on this, maybe it's not overwhelmingly more than other programs, but I've got to think it's in top 20, top 15. If if he wants to go get more NIL, I guarantee you he can just pick up the phone and do it. Um, is, is he resourcing the team overall in terms of the, the talent that they're paying out? The joke that we've made is how... It, who is paying Madi Sissoko this NIL money for this school? Like, it's a great story. It's fantastic. I appreciate it that that's what he's doing with this money, but, but who's paying Madi Sissoko NIL money and for why? Yeah, for why? For why? Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's where we are. If, if there's something about the game passing time is by because he's adjusted to, you know, more of a flow offense. He's adjusted to more three point shooting. He's done all that kind of stuff. But right now, is he adjusting to roster management and taking advantage of all of the resources that are available to him? I have to say, obviously not. I think, go ahead. Because I, I think, I think it's important for, for, listeners that we be a bit more specific than just say the centers suck, which is I was taking notes during the game and there's literally a line there that says that they suck. Um, because the, it's <laughs> great. Is there like, yeah. I, oh yeah. There I, it is. Our big yeah. suck. That's great. Uh, yeah. And, and here's, here's what's, what's frustrating it, for me is so first of all, shame on you, Tom, for rolling two bigs out there routinely. <laughs> it never works <laughs> because the the data's out like it, i'm not i'm not gonna get mad at this point in time that Madi sissoko can't score the ball in a meaningful way 
He's never demonstrated that. And so yeah, at some point in time, right. trust trust people with, you know, yep. they show you who they are, believe them, right? Like, and, yep. and Madi Sissoko has never played as if he's some scoring threat that doesn't get the ball enough, right? Like, yeah. it's fine. He is what he is. That's on Tom that he didn't get anyone. But n- needless to say that when you roll Madi Sissoko out there on offense, you're playing four on five. So now you bring in Carson Cooper, who by all accounts, is more athletically talented than Mati Sissoko and has been straight Malik Carr when it comes to touching the ball this year. It is Butterfingers wazoo, and I, and I can't stand it. But you know what? Not even mad about that because he's still not an offensive threat. So shame on you, Tom, for making it three on five. You wonder why Tyson Walker didn't score? Because there was no one to move the ball to him. But that's not really the point. <laughs> Here's what pisses me off is that you don't have offensive skills fine. You ought to have defensive skills. Mm-hmm. Particularly now that you, in Carson's case, have been in the program for a year. Mati Sissoko has been in the program for multiple years. You ought to be able to handle it. The fact that Stephen Crowell went one for two from three-point land and uh, Noah Nolan Winter, their backup center, went two for two from three-point mm-hmm. land because the bigs couldn't close out on people that it is known that they can shoot the three ball or even mm-hmm. get a hand up in those cases that that is in in it is i am uh, Madi, i'm going to Madi, i'm going to give a pass to because we we know that now that his his grandmother passed away shortly before the game and and so maybe his head wasn't there but Carson Cooper you don't get any passes you, well, he did get a pass that's stupidity. off the chops. That did happen. That is stupidity that you didn't know the scouting report. Like, I, I just... Uh, we know. It, we know. It, it's bad. It is that, it, and so it's, it's the, it is the hustle shit. It is knowing your assignment and executing on the defensive end. Yep. Because you know what? Stephen Crowell and, and Nolan Winter are good to find basketball players mm-hmm. but they're not aj store aj store is going to be a pro aj store lights you up okay but like it's these dudes who are fine big 10 players making you look like idiots that pisses me off because we're michigan state we shouldn't feel that way anyway um final thing on this subject do we want to talk about oh xavier booker coming in well Oh, no, I'm not done yet, because if oh. we're going to talk oh. people coming in, then I, you're rolling out that those two big dudes. Cohen Carr doesn't check into the game until under three minutes left in the first half. You know what Gumpy Wisconsin doesn't have? Athleticism. <laughs> you know who has it in spades? Cohen Carr. Like, you're running a shit first half, and you, you like, I appreciate that, that Wisconsin does some complicated things on offense that makes it a little bit hard potentially for, for a freshman, but like you weren't getting stops. So you can't claim that it's a defensive problem because mm-hmm. you can't look at what the product was. So there is a degree to which we can, we can and should have conversations about roster construction, but there are lineup failures that happen in this game that are also on Tom. Like it Re- was, remember it the was beginning of the shit year effort and shit management. Remember at the beginning of the year when Tom said he was going to, do more statistical monitoring of the different lineups. That was going to be his like new for 2024. (laughs) 
Also, remember before this game when he said we're going to try and get Xavier Booker more minutes, and then it was like end of game? Yeah, garbage time. Um, What did we think about those six minutes that Xavier Booker played? So people who know, who present as knowing ball would suggest that in six minutes, Xavier Booker puts up quick five and a rebound. Yep. This must mean he should get some more run. What? Uh, what? I am truly torn on Xavier Booker because he does seem to score kind of effortlessly, but he in also garbage in garbage time when it doesn't really matter. But he also seems to get really burned <laughs> on defense, and he also seems to just not care about boards. And if I've already complained about boards earlier, I can't not acknowledge well, that now. And I want to talk about the one rebound he did have. Because I think he scored off of it. Uh, but for those who think that maybe this is Xavier Booker boxing out, it was not so. He ran underneath the basket, and the ball happened to tear him upon off him. the iron <laughs> in his direction that he was running to. He wasn't trying to rebound. He got lucky. So, like, I just... Xavier Booker... Uh, Couch has talked about this as likely the highest paid player on the basketball team. My Lord and my God. And you know what? I hope he crushes it next year Mm -hmm. and is fantastic in the green and white. But there is zero meaningful evidence that that he would have been productive in play. Maybe someone who needs to know that he's going to be guaranteed minutes or something like that for him to begin executing and he plays with fear. I don't know. But like, thus far... I'm not looking at these five points and giving a shit. Yeah. Does not change my opinion if his at, at what point, at what point do we think players are going to be asked to pay back the NIL when <laughs> they don't pan out? And I'm only kind of kidding about that. I mean, you could imagine a world where high risk, but high reward, you know? And when you make it, you get, we double or something, but if you don't make it, you've got to give a fraction of that back. And you know, I wonder if that, uh, I wonder how that changes things. Or, or boosters ask for their NIL money back if a player is mm-hmm. suspended from the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. um, I, it's going to be interesting how all of that stuff works out in the long run. Uh, mm. I just, there's something about this game. It, and Jaden Akins. I think had all 10 points in the first half. Malik Hall had a, a, a pretty nice game, but most of his production also came in the first half. Yeah. You, you guys can't like, you can't keep no showing. Right. I, it, it, Wisconsin is a talented basketball team and I don't want to take that away from them, but like, and we might've still lost the game, but the, the margin that, that really pisses me off. I thought we, I thought we had turned a page. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I was surprised to hear you guys say that you thought we were going to win this game. I did not think we were going to win this game because we got shellacked at home by them. You don't go into the call center on that and then expect to win. I, no, I 15 points is devastating because of this run they've had in big 10 play and they were starting to gel. But I think, you know, having seen as much of the game as I did, 
it's enough to know that this is it. This is it. We're we are a six seven ish seed in the tournament. We're somewhere in the middle of the Big Ten stack at the end of the conference. We probably flunk out in the third round of the tournament, and if we're if we're that lucky, and this is it next year. This is the same fucking thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us in a little direction and just say I've loved Tom Izzo for for my whole life for as long as I can remember. I have loved Tom Izzo, and this is the first season where I've really felt like. I am exhausted by Tom Izzo and I don't want Tom Izzo to be our coach anymore. Mm. And that feels really weird to say out loud, but I just don't see it. It's not, I don't think he, I don't think he's having fun. He's not the same coach that he used to be. He routinely bitches in press conferences about how he can't be that coach, how politically correct this and lawsuits that. And, you get that it's a little bit like old man yelling at cloud, but but he is an old man now and he doesn't understand or appreciate the reality of the, of, I don't want to say the game. I think he's a very smart tactical. I mean, he gets the game has changed, but I don't think that he gets the world has changed. Like most 60 something year olds, it's just changes. He's, and he's that's it. Yeah. And I, well, whatever he is, he's, he's not there. And, you know, Greg, you said he hasn't ca- caught up with, with, you know, resource management. That's not a fucking new concept. Resource management is, was as true in 81 as it is in 2024. There's no difference in roster management. It's, it's, he doesn't go into the portal because he has these, these values around like trust your team and these values around like letting your guys grow and stumble and fall. And the process is, you know, generates its own return come tournament time. But all of the evidence, all of the evidence is that when this team plays perfectly, they can compete at a national level. But no team can play perfectly every single game. Yeah. And and Wisconsin did not play perfectly last night, but but Wisconsin played consistently at such a high level. We cannot play that consistently at that high of a level and the spoils of this are due to Tom Izzo and his own unwillingness to make whatever changes he needed to, his own ineptitude at understanding the transfer portal, at getting on IL to work for this program, and his own – I don't want to call them outdated ideals. Trusting your guy is a great ideal. Mm-hmm. And investing in them and letting the process work and letting them trip and fall and get back up, those are good values. I don't think that they're bad values. I don't know that those values are what works in 2024 anymore. And at least if they do, the time is school is broken because it doesn't, it's not working for us. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm very exhausted by that. Maybe I just feel cranky because that Wisconsin loss was painful and, and but I knew it would be painful and I'm still this pissed. Well, I would well, just say plum this roster does have a guy on it. Trey Holloman that we did offer. I, at least I offered a public apology to. But then on the other side, you're absolutely right. There are guys on this roster for whom we will not be offering a public apology, like a Malik Hall, for example, or Never. an AJ Hogard or the big fire him into the sun. I'll say this Josh Reynolds, who absolutely cost the Lions the win against the 49ers, I would still choose to have over to my house for dinner and drinks before I would ever invite AJ Hogard anywhere near, <laughs> near my entire neighborhood. I want to be on record. On record. The what if you brought some university wieners with that? With that? <laughs> Come on. 
Uh, frustrating. Uh, Carson Cooper and Jackson Kohler are presumably back next year, and Mati Sissoko does have an extra year to exercise. And before anyone says there's no way Mati Sissoko comes back, Tom Izzo is not recruited a center. Mm-hmm. Not in 24, not in 25. Not that it matters because 25 wouldn't be here. So uh, he and there are, there are a lot of examples of quality centers that came out of the portal this year. There's a, there's enough of them that Michigan State should have been able to get one because yeah. we're Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, fears. Should we talk fears? Sure. Go for it. Quick update. Yeah. Off crutches. Is doing short spurts of running and is also doing underwater treadmill work. Also shooting while sitting. That's, uh, I think, pretty encouraging news. Dude, that's wild. I don't, I don't know you could have that's could have imagined a better outcome for someone who was shot in the leg. I'm just so <laughs> happy for him. And, like, I don't even care about basketball as far as that's concerned. Like, good for him. Putting in the work. Um, and it also very fortunate. Wild. It's, he's also really fortunate that he's getting rehabbed at Michigan state where, you know, folks are going to be focusing on his prior athleticism mm-hmm. as compared to, you know, uh, if you'd just been a normal person, it would have been like, where a doctor is like, we're going to try to just get you moving, huh? Maybe that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. Um, so very encouraging. Uh, yeah, and I'm with you. It, not encouraging from a, will he play this year? Uh, that'd be a cool story, but like, you know. It, Would they talk about it, though, if he did so? Uh, they're not allowed to. <laughs> this is Jeremy Fierce. He's back after injury. He was injured. Uh, we just, uh, he stepped out for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Fierce went to buy cigarettes and actually did come back. <laughs> 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Something happened. Oh. All right. Um, good basketball news. Yeah. Uh, women's hoops uh, picks up an eighty-two to sixty-one win over Michigan in the Breslin. MSU has dropped its six six of the last seven to U of M. So this mm. is a nice win for Robin Freilich in her first year, um, and, and hopefully an indication of things to come on the hardwood against U of yeah. M. They uh, she continues to be a really impressive hire. Uh, I forget the name of um, U of M's coach, but it complained about the officiating in the uh, in the post game press conference. So sounds right. Good for her. Uh, hockey splits with Minnesota uh, in a the first game in the series. Uh, a real exciting last second goal. Yeah. Wreck. Uh, yeah, street, I mean that's think? it. Uh, basically brought the house down. Um, scoring with like four seconds left uh, kind of echoes of the national championship game in in 07 or 09 or whatever that was. But uh, uh, really big. The concerning thing is over the last four games, and they have split these series, but over the last four games, this team seems to like to place itself behind the eight ball a little bit. Need to really... Handicaps its opponent, that's all. Yeah, mm. it plays with its Best with its back up against the wall. Um, I, Except that's not true. They've normally been best when they take the lead early. Yeah, It's a little concerning, but the outcomes are still fine. They're not running away with the Big Ten right now. They are still up in the Big Ten standings. Um, 
but they're not running away with it because they do seem to like to fall behind a little bit. So um, I think the series against Notre Dame is coming up. Those are going to be available on the Pacock. Yeah. So do uh, watch those games and, um, you know, still enjoy them. Still very much in it. And I, I can't wait to team. find out if BTN Plus or Peacock has a better broadcast for college hockey. And something tells me BTN Plus will be better. Well, BTN Plus is just students, right? I would, I would right. assume a Peacock broadcast has some kind of actual. No, you don't think so? I, well, I'm just I'm just saying they're so far this year for for Big Ten football and basketball they have not been particularly impressive. Um, that's all I'm fair, saying. Fair, but that's like an NBC thing. Um, uh, anything else before we go off Grand River, Michael Jones? Yeah, uh, we're gonna do a quick plug. Uh, so we mentioned a few ah. weeks back we all got together and hung out at the Clear Lake Grill. We did soon Lovely. to be called Mama's Mercantile and Eatery. We are big fans uh, and want to invite all of you, if you get a chance to swing out there, uh, again, the Clear Lake Grill or Mama's Mercantile and Eatery, you can go to mamasmerc.com. Uh, if you come out there and mention CRCW, Can't Read, Can't Write, uh, you'll get 15% off of your ordinary tab. Uh, and then this uh, Fat Tuesday, February 13th, uh, this 15% does not go towards it, but they're having a Mardi Gras dinner. Uh, you can find details for it on mamasmerc.com. Uh, but it looks to be pretty tasty if you like jazz music and uh, crawfish, crawfish boil. What does so, jazz music taste like? Uh, Louisiana. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I've had a couple uh, bowls of jambalaya in New Orleans that mm. tasted like the street in New Orleans. But I don't My think bad. I've ever tasted jazz before. <laughs> Whatever. Uh it's a, it's a, it's like one of those things you, you, it's an event style thing. So you, you pay a price and you get a fixed menu, crawfish boil, three Kings cake and a, uh, traditional bourbon street cocktail, a hurricane Pimps cup or gin fizz. Okay. Uh, Pre-fee menu. Anyway, you heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, check it out. Uh, again, mama's merc.com. Uh, all right, let's head off grand river. Let's talk about those lions. Uh, it's all your fault, Greg. Yeah. Do, uh, do expand upon this for me here, Mike Jones. I never paid attention to the Lions. I didn't care about the Lions. I didn't talk about the Lions. And yet I was happy for them that they were doing well. I was happy for all of my friends who watch them and care about them. I was genuinely filled with joy and rooting for them. And lo, the second you text in the middle of the game, <laughs> you're having fun with the game brought to you by Kung Fu Panda 4. Which I was at that time. I yeah. start paying attention to the score oh that's what did it (laughs) because because as a dad my way i said i was i was not gonna watch because i didn't want to jinx anything (laughs) because as a dad you're interested in like oh yeah what is this game brought to us by kung fu panda 4 Mm -hmm, that got mm -hmm. to you like it did yeah um wow so you watched the second half and look what happened no i just started paying attention to the score i didn't start watching oh okay at the time all right uh plum what did you think about this game well, I mean, this it was is being debated all over the Great Lakes state. What can be debated? Month. I mean, there's a lot to appreciate about the Lions run. I will say this. Dan Campbell in the locker room to the guys post game said to them. Gentlemen, I, I'm going to paraphrase. Gentlemen, if anyone tells you, you know, don't worry, let's pick ourselves back up. We'll be here next year. 
they're lying to you, it will be immeasurably more difficult next year to get back to this spot than it was this year. You were only ever given the shot you have. You cannot count on the future. And I hope it broke their souls Mm -hmm. because this is a team. I mean, it's just dramatic because for anyone that's loved the Lions for as long as I have with a father who will die young, watching them one day, I am convinced that what we saw was, was really exceptional. I mean, this is a program very much like they've been doing better that's good recently, but getting as far no one, and this was, I mean, this is great, but this is, I don't, it was unrealistic to think at the beginning of the season, even halfway through the season, that this was a team that was bound for the Super Bowl, right. even with that early Chiefs win. So this was great, but the teams that you saw in the second half was not the team that you saw in the first half. Well, the, the team I saw in the first half, I was thinking to myself, and I was not saying it out loud, but I was saying, I watched that Chiefs game and yeah. this team beats that Chiefs team. Oh, no problem. hundred percent. There's no doubt about it, but this is examples of when you are playing your absolute best, they had to know the 49ers were going to come out and just be explosive. And they were, but this team still had opportunities. Now, yes, golf, when called upon to make big passes is a 33% thrower. He can really only nail one out of every three clutch moment passes. He loves to sail a pass high. He loves to just doofus it up and he loves when his O-line just collapses around him. And all of a sudden he's dragged back for 18 yard losses, but they ran when they weren't expected to, and they picked up giant yardage. Yeah. And then you've got a guy like Josh Russell who gets the ball, right? Reynolds, who gets the ball right in the fucking bread basket, right in the numbers and bobbles it like an absolute loon. Oh my God. Two times. Two times. And I'll tell you this, after the first one, camera pans to him on the sidelines and he's just joshing around, having some giggles, making some laughs. Ha ha. I know I just fucked the dog pretty hard on that one, but don't worry guys. I'm not going to let it happen again. Should have taken it a little more serious, Joshy, because you cost us and big. I I do wonder if the whole team kind of thought they had it in the bag at, at halftime. I do mm-hmm. wonder if maybe they jumped out a little bit too far and they were just sort of like, we can coast on this. And then by the time they got punched in the mouth and they were like looking around, yep. they didn't have enough time for to recap. recover. It was the yep. fumble. I mean, it's just, it was a series of errors, just some critical passes. That fumble was bad. The Gibbs fumble is, I think, no one wants to say this because Gibbs has been so good this season. And I think yeah. it's only his second fumble on the entire season. And it's I understand true. that those things happen. Yeah, That was the most damaging yes, it was. mistake of yep. the like 15 mistakes yep. that you can point at. That was the most damaging one. Not the, not the 50, 50 calls on going forward on fourth, not the missed fourth down conversions. Yeah. That was the most damaging one. The only, the only call I was mad about, by the way, was that we took the field goal at the end of the first half. I would have gone for the touchdown. And if we had, We would have won the game. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they went down 10 with five minutes left tells you that like, yeah, it it, it wasn't just one thing. Correct. It was like a preponderance of things. That's right. Um, And then they get the, 
they get the touchdown in garbage time. And maybe the the second most damaging thing is that run on third down that they had yeah. to burn a timeout for. Yep. Because then you got to do the onside kick. Onside kick, and you can't. You just the, can't. When's the last time the Lions converted a line, an onside kick, like as a franchise? Yeah. Like 1996? Like, who knows? <laughs> so what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. it. I'm glad though that Dan Campbell said that. And I, if we had, if when I, I think that's the first time I've ever said we is the lions. If the lions had won that game, I would have gone back to found, find what we said as a podcast about Dan Campbell as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think probably what I thought at the time was this guy's kind of a, kind of a goon, but at least it's going to be entertaining this time. I was wrong about that. It is going to be entertaining this time, but there's more to it to this mm-hmm. guy than that. And the fact he's that incredible. he's, the fact that he's willing, he, he, he marks so well, this city, this town, this franchise and what it should be. And the fact that he was willing to go in there and look those guys in the eye and be like, you might never get another shot at this. Literally after the fact, not at halftime, no. not before the game, after the fact, bro, cojones, man. The sack plum that you were talking about before. Yep. There it is. Wild. It is. So, but I think on balance, on balance, on balance, a Detroit Lions fan has to be absolutely over the moon with making it to the NFC championship game. And I am, and we should be, and we should remember that. And we should remember that, but for a few errors and they were, we would be in the Super Bowl. And that is absolute fucking progress that we should be excited about. So yeah. that's where I'm going to sit. They got a lot of cap room. Management's got cash to play with. Yep. That's cash right. Picks to play with next year. So, yep. uh, all right. Uh, other news. Uh, John Rothstein reports that uh, related to Big Ten expansion, that the league is planning on staying at 20 league games in Big Ten hoops next year. And that starting in 2025, only 15 of 18 teams will participate. In the tournament. Uh, Big Ten yeah, tournament. Big Ten tournament, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, important detail. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. The um, first part of this, already... the planning to stay at 20, uh, 20 teams or 20 league games. Sure, got that. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. I don't like that, though, because we're going to see more of only playing a team once, which I like that you do the uh, the home and home plum. No, Uh, no, 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 not what it's called. Not what it's called. It stinks stinks this year. We only play Purdue at Mackey. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be more unbalanced schedules as a result of this or you don't end up playing teams at, at all. Like it's almost like these, uh, these conferences only work for football and they don't make sense under any other circumstances. I'm fine with, uh, a, a limited pool for the, the tournament though. Like, could you do like a, like a platooning type thing in basketball where you have a like peer group that you do concentrated like home and like group play. Home and homes at I, I don't know. Oh, pods like a yeah. sort of a pod system. Yeah, do the pod system on like a four year rolling basis or something like that. I don't know. And then you you That'd play a home game, I, and then you when you play them again, you also play a home game. 
but like your home home but home that team. is away from team. your home when you're so but but how are you home if you're not at home each each team gets a home game it's a home and home no that's not that's not how anything works you don't no one talks like that no one just assumes two different subjects with the same predicate it doesn't make any fucking sense it does it's not how when, grammar works when i when i let you borrow a beer you don't get to enjoy that beer i don't have that beer anymore so it's it's a beer for me a beer not for me <laughs> it's not a beer for me a beer for you so next time we're all at Plum's house. Yeah, that's it. Jonesy, you and I Beer have to be like, me. can we get two away beers? <laughs> I wish I wish that made as much sense as you wanted it to. <laughs> I think it makes some sense because it's predicated on you not understanding that other people can have no, no it's things. all about me it's That's about right. me and my team my team home no, my team away we understand why you don't get it we get why you don't get it we're trying to desperately find a way to explain this to you teach you what your parents so clearly did not i'm in the middle of the universe and it just and most people are. In America, most of us are where I am, in the, my own middle no. of my own universe. Next Ugh. up, Mel Tucker has been permanently banned from future employment and affiliation with Michigan State University. I don't know that there's much to say to here other than good. Yeah. He's not been barred from campus, though, which is interesting. It seems also fair, right? Like, yeah. this seems like the fairest outcome. But also, it's not like he's going to be boosting for us at any point. Exactly. He's oh never my God. coming back. And that's like, what, what other than performative, what is this? I, just the natural outcome of whatever process began, I guess. Can, can you imagine if Mel Tucker did like a Connor Stallions turn where he showed up at his Barton Stadium next year <laughs> in like a Fu Manchu mustache? <laughs> and everyone was like, hey man, are you Mel Tucker? And he was like, no. This, I'm like Marv. MSU foam finger. Booker. That man is <laughs> never coming back to East Lansing in for the rest of his entire life. Um, no, and, nor, but, and why would he? But why would he? And that's my uh, why. Yeah, you're right, Plum. It is a little bit performative because uh, yeah. can you imagine? Maybe, maybe like, it's to pick up a check. Yeah, yeah, he's got to cash that thing in person. Um, yeah. He's one that I, I, I want it. If they give him a settlement check, it's a big check, like a giant. <laughs> and, he, and he's gonna like, like carry it over to MSU FCU and just be publicly. <laughs> it's at the Han administration over. building, right in the lobby. You just have to come in and get it. Yeah, it's right here waiting for you. Carry it across campus to the union. He's the kind of guy I want to see. get it through the revolving door. I want to see him go away and away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I get it. Yeah. But except that's not that's I don't think is, is he gets it. I still don't get it. No, <laughs> but it's not. It doesn't have to be gotten. I guess that's the point. Just make it simple. Make it plain. That's what you assholes like to do is you like to complexify things. Yeah. It's unnecessary. All right. We Last are truly up. the complexifiers on the podcast. Next up. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh has departed for the NFL in what is truly a shocking development. Uh, John Hubacon John uh, cannot believe it right now. He had sources, man. John Hubacon had sources. People that know. A guy know. on the message board told me. 
he's the worst. I, I mean, I this is. Uh, I think this, we, it's fair to say that this is a big deal. There are zero guarantees that there are zero guarantees about a next hire. So, and look at what happened when um, Lloyd Carr yeah. uh, left. Yeah. They, they wandered for a while. Yeah. For a while. Well, Sharon so, Moore is young and great and good for him. And who gives a fuck? Fuck off, Jim Harbaugh, you goomba. Truly, truly uh, could you give, I mean, in the pantheon of oh, things, happy. Josh Reynolds, then AJ Hogard, then, then Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Just a, just a absolute. <laughs> Good so anyway, be advised. Who cares? Fuck off, Jim. Yucky. Yuck. The more interesting thing to me in everything that's happening at Michigan right now is just the continuation of the athletic department to just sort of let it roll. Like, is it word manual is truly perhaps in some ways a very, very good athletic director Mm -hmm. at U of M because and Jonesy, you and I talked about this this week. I did that to remind Plum that he's not on all of our conversations. It's just a little microaggression, a little slight. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just a little, little, just a little slight. That's good. Uh, that's good. <laughs> but uh, he does the exact right. He doesn't rattle the cage. He lets the blue wall blue wall, and he doesn't bring a lot of extra attention to stuff, and they get they get away with murder over there. Yeah. And then, but on the other way, he doesn't bother to do his job. No. Either. <laughs> But that is his job. But that's his job is to be morbidly obese and just let the blue wall blue wall. Here's my question. When does the initiation for Sharon Moore? Doesn't he have to go and fillet the bow um, statue? Uh, Yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go into the graveyard. Put a little suction across the there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he's got to do a blood sacrifice on the altar of bow. That that you had to do it within like 13 days or something of the announcement. So that's coming up here, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of uh, getting away with murder and not doing your job, should we preview the University of Michigan basketball team? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to coach this game for them? I'm I'm genuinely curious to ask. <laughs> so they, they got out uh, a little spinny thing and they wrote each other's names on there and then they're going to spin it. As for who shows up on their roster, also TBD. Could be. Also, who knows? <laughs> will doug be there will he not be there so if if any of you are not following this and maybe you should would you like to feel better about yourself and your life maybe you should be following the university of michigan basketball team because they just they have let me count these off here one two three four five six seven eight nine they've won one of their last nine that was a single digit wins right yep they are currently at seven and thirteen. They just lost at home to Iowa. They lost at home at, to Illinois. And Doug McDaniel is not coming to Breslin Center because apparently his Maybe. academic coach can't drive forty-five minutes up the road um, as well. Um, which leaves, unfortunately for them, it leaves. Uh, Jalen Lewin or whatever his name is, oh. um, who is, I think they're only favored in two other games, by the way, they might end the season in single digits. Correct. Correct. But basically they don't have a point guard. They don't have a guy to run 
the offense. Oh, so in that and that score we're we're level then. We're equal. That's good. Yep. Uh, well, that yeah, I yes, fair enough. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just truly awful what's happening with this team and MSU, I don't know what the line is going to be in this game, but if it's not 15 this might be in I don't think we've ever said this on this podcast, but like take it Take MSU plus 15 in this case. Yeah. Because Michigan doesn't know what's going on. They don't want to be there. They don't understand. There's no one on this roster. Will Cheddar's not like getting in there, you know, getting hooting and hollering, getting everyone excited for the MSU um, rivalry. Mm-hmm. This is a team with no leadership either in the roster or on the bench reeling right now just trying to keep its head above water to the bitter, bitter end. I swear to God, are you talking about our team or theirs? I truly zoned out and I came back and I do not know who you're talking about. The difference is in expectations. Ah, Our expectation is the bitter, bitter end is do we, you know, cycle out of the big of the NCAA tournament in the first weekend weekend, or the very beginning of the second weekend. Yeah, Um, Theirs is... Will we still be alive in March? <laughs> and the answer is unclear. Unclear. Because truly, save for home games against Rutgers and Nebraska, they might lose the rest of the year. Like, sincerely. Um, because this, this is a Michigan team with nothing to show for it. Um, I will say, if I get live updates on Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. And they do seem to stay competitive in the first half of games. So if that is the case on Tuesday, do not lose hope. Um, but do also don't expect to lose the game anyway. Ah, they're better offensively by a fair margin than they are defensively. Yeah, I didn't do uh, the standard ranking. Yeah, their defensive ranking is like, I think, in the 160s. Yeah, so they for a Big are Ten team is bad. Ken Palm 86, but the analytics don't include your best player is not playing in this game. And also like, it's not, that's right. He, he sometimes plays, sometimes doesn't Ken Palm doesn't know what to do with that, but they're Ken Palm 86 overall, their offensive 45, their defensive 168 and their tempo 207. MSU is Ken Palm 18 offense, 34 defense, 21. So they're just our team greatly outmatches their team by Very good. on every metric. Very good. And then we're going to play Maryland and we've already played Maryland. And recently. So I don't know that we need to do too much preview there. We yeah. will win against Maryland as well. Yeah. So just oh, close that one pops the ball up even more than Maryland. So uh, they've uh, won a couple games against Iowa and Nebraska since then, but largely they're the same team that we just beat on the road and in, not in an overwhelmingly impressive fashion. So go to Bresden Center, root this team on, feel better about yourself. Go team. This, is, this should be, ideally, this should be the beginning of that kind of scheduling winning streak that we were talking about before. The feel good rock block of potentially up to like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight ish games before we play at Purdue where we might just run the thing 
and run up. There's, eight we have wins. we play Illinois once at uh, at home, so that that's probably the most serious threat to a, a complete you know bat in a thousand on that. But correct. Um, mm. All right, let's do these Twitter questions. Uh, first up is Mike Jones, who asks, "Have you guys sent a cease and desist letter to Wisconsin yet?" Uh, and I believe. This is in reference to the student newspapers holding up the can't read, can't write uh, logo. As Leonard taught me, yeah, as Leonard taught me in uh, in the show community, there's no such thing as bad press. And um, Mm -hmm. I had to have it explained to me what that newspaper said, but it was nice once I found out what it was. Nice to be honored in that way. Do you do you need readers? Do you have your readers? Have there you was lost a your we're illiterate joke, Michael. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, I just thought I had. I thought maybe you got. Didn't you get glasses? Recently? I yeah, I do. You guys want to see them? This is something. Uh, that see, I wasn't totally. I thought. I genuinely thought someone was helping you read it. The, the rest, are those everyone, Warbies? Did you get Warbies? Oh yeah, dude, we got Warbies. I oh, got Warbies. Uh, this is something that everyone listening to the podcast will truly enjoy. Welcome to the spectacled. Kevin Gray. Wow. Yeah. You know what? I got to say, it still looks like you. I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> the, the, uh, the group. The yeah. Root effect. I don't, uh, any kind of, uh, meh. Mm-hmm. Just you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up from Mike Jones. Can I come here and complain about a 9 PM tip on a Tuesday, which we all know won't start until like nine 42 <laughs> since Illinois and OSU will end up in three overtimes <laughs> all while it's being streamed on Peacock. So even if they started early, they will be pissed. Uh, they will piss people off who can't tune in End of rant. No, uh, I mean, that's right. I don't, like I, PM tip. I don't know how to watch anything on Peacock. I'm not buying it. I don't know how it works. I hate it. I'm like Tom Izzo with the transfer portal. <laughs> That that is actually that was perfect. perfect what does it say about our fan base that we're complaining about what should be a bloodbath against Michigan? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I could just watch on the ESPN app, which you know I love to do. So, oh, dude, when's the last time we watched something on the ESPN app? It's been a long time. Yeah, Dang. was that was that in October? <laughs> were there were we playing? Were we playing Michigan then too? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from uh, Thomas Zambiasi, can we have Coach Freilich give the men's team some pointers on winning? An important game? <laughs> That's a good question. Robin. Hey, Robin. Come on down. Maybe show Tom where to get into the portal because he yeah. seems to have forgotten. Yeah, how to enter it. Uh, Next up from Thomas Zambiasi, will MSU football have a loss this season more upsetting than the Lions last season? It's impossible. It- exactly right. Exactly right. There's no way the expectations could ever possibly be that high. No, no, nope, 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 nope. Uh, next up, uh, Cedar Village Bagel. Uh, gentlemen, my mind is this morning is entirely on food and the Sunday night football spread coming my way today. Ah, uh, yes. I get it. I get it. I We had our neighbors hosted. Love you, Robin and CJ. Thanks. Uh, chili. Uh, Mike brought pigs in a blanket. Uh it was it was Fakasha. There was a giant thing of Utz cheese balls, uh, Toll House chocolate chip cookies. They ordered pizza. It was a veritable spread of Midwest delight. <laughs> you take a hot dog, you put it on that pizza, you 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 put some cheese balls <laughs> over it. A buffalo dip. I forgot the buffalo dip. <laughs> 
was good. <laughs> Buffalo dip slaps on the coast. Too, it died. Right? Okay. All right. I get you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next up from Cedar Village. Uh, what is one cooking slash baking competition you could beat the other hosts at? A chili cook-off, pie baking, are your ribs to die for, or do you have a secret pasta sauce? Plum's the baker. I'm the baker. I can bake. And Jonesy can put a meat rub out there. He can grill like no other. Which leaves me. Uh... (laughs) Buying discount Christmas ales. He'll always buy a better discount Christmas ale than the rest of us. Honestly, I would take that. If you gave me three cards, be good at baking, be good (laughs) at grilling, be good at buying discount Christmas ales, and I could walk up and just take one, I would take that one. I would take it every (laughs) single time. (laughs) Uh, all right. Next up, Keith Ski. We are five and six uh, when Hogard takes ten or more shot attempts. I want him capped at seven to eight shots per game. So, does someone just go out and just like club him in the knee at seven shots? And just like you're done, Tanya Harding him. Yep. Oh, I was so confused. I read that as we were five, four, six, not five and six. Got it. Got it. That makes more sense now. To me, is this a little bit, not Kiski, not to take this away from our reigning champion, but is this a little bit of like in games where we need him to take more shots, we lose? Is it is it not like this is an indicator of something Mm. else? Yeah, I don't think he was taking production away from someone. Yep. Yep. Oh, we'll see. Uh, Next up for Kiski, more likely to no longer be on the team next year, Carr or Booker? I think Booker. Right. Neither. You think Booker's going to leave at getting when he's getting paid a million dollars a year? That number I pulled out of my ass. But who's? Why would he leave? Where's he going to go? You think Izzo's going to kick him out? Some other program could offer him nil, more or less. And also, these guys all think that their real payout is the league. So if if they think that this is if their time here puts the league in jeopardy, because they all think they're going to be lottery picks. Right. That's it. So And, and Booker could be a lottery pick sure and Carr could be a lottery pick if he builds a shot you know yeah got the athleticism i don't think cars leaving i don't think cars i I hope not i mean i don't think either of these guys are leaving truly but i think it would be booker of the two all right next up uh last up from the keith ski with the most important question asked on the podcast in its history is there an nil dedicated to funding a high performing center there is his name is Matt Ishbia. Ah, uh, there it is. No one, no one called him and asked for money for a high-performing center. They called mm-hmm. him and asked for money for three shitty centers. <laughs> like it, it's what's mm-hmm. infuriating. It, it, it is not a lack of money. Yeah, it, especially not uh, in basketball. I have to think. Yeah, yeah. Next up from Spartan, uh, eighteen seventy-seven. Uh, Jonesy, are we just a hockey school now? No, we're not. We also I, have I'm women's basketball. Excited. And gymnastics. Like, we gymnastics. didn't. The misogynists that put together this outline didn't even mention. That's right. Oh, I know. We got a perfect 10. Yep. First ever on uh, the floor. Perfect 10 on the floor. Yeah. Oh, uh, but the fact awesome. of the matter is that we spent a decent chunk of this podcast talking about the salaries of coaches. Mm, mm, football coaches. And. And bemoaning a loss in Tom Izzo's broader management of roster. So 
uh, you are as much what you hate as what you love. And, mm. uh, mm-hmm. Plum. and so we are still not a hockey school. What is, what is your take on this? Because you heard Graham's argument last week that mm. maybe we should just, maybe the fan base would be better off to just focus on football. And it, these other things are just distractions. Do you think the, that MSU as an institution can walk and chew gum? Or do you think it needs to take the SEC approach of just like all in on football, nothing else matters? I don't. I like where we are. I, I like where we are. I'm not unhappy where we are. I want us to always win, but I like that we yeah, are consistently happy person. Uh, that's true. That's more, more to the point. I think that's that I, w- I was going to get there to be about seven more minutes. It but. gives you misery across. Yeah. It's in Midwest. Town. We live, we live in a state. Uh, I live in a state in a city, particularly where it is gray uh, 90% of the time in the season winter. So of course I'm not, I'm not a happy person. Uh, I don't <laughs> look on the bright side of things. Uh, but no, I don't, I, I would not take that trade. I don't think that's a winning bet. I think what Michigan just won. I mean, have they, did they throw everything at Michigan, everything in football? Maybe that is what they've only ever Well, they clearly are not prioritizing uh, basketball. basketball Yeah, that's true. We have been, we made it to the college football playoff, you know, in its first year. And that same season, we did remarkably well in basketball. You know, these things, these things can coexist. In fact, we are the one school. Are we the one school? We are the one school for whom it is not out of the question that we can be national contenders in these sports in the same years. And I think that that is a that is a trademark of this program that I am very, very, very proud of. And I think it's one of our distinguishing characteristics. I think both Ohio State and Florida would be like, do you not remember when we were in the national championship in, in both sports in the same I don't. Year? I don't remember that. Okay. And I refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> acknowledge it. No. Uh, Fair enough. I get, up, I get what uh, you're saying, and I agree with you. Yeah. They, they, they don't care. They don't care about it in the same. That's, I think that's the difference that, that is like Ohio was, State doesn't really care if you're good at basketball. basketball. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They were at the same time, but like they didn't. Care. And I, and I, Greg Oden. Well, and to, yeah, and to, and to uh, Graham's point, I think when Izzo leaves, you know, because, and this is, I guess, let's ask the next question now from Spartan 18770. Is it time to have that serious discussion with Izzo? When he leaves, you know, one of the questions I have is who the fuck replaces him? Because it's certainly nobody. He's got no depth. He's got no one waiting in the wings on that sideline with him in those seats who could take over this team. Not one. Uh, the one guy that they had just went to fucking wherever he is, Western. Um, and I so, haven't even looked at that team. I, don't, I truly don't even no clue. know what's going on. No clue. So I don't, he's not, you know, Judd Heathcote bred Tom Izzo like a fine racehorse drinking the crystal waters of Kentucky and Appalachia. And Tom Izzo has invested no time or energy into who will succeed him. And this is an indictment on Tom Izzo because someone's going to have to take him out behind the barn and shoot him before too long. Then what? Uh, Dwayne Stevens currently has Western Michigan as Ken Palm at 284. Ooh, so not that guy either. Eight and 12. Well, it's, you, don't, you don't know in his first year 
or sec- second second year, year. second, second year. year yeah you know then yeah you do um, know then you do know all right then. that's it the second year is the thing second year is Next the time up, you Nate know. C, uh has coach Izzo been chasing talent instead of players over the last few seasons resulting in individuals who should be good but don't fit into his system there was a pretty lively conversation around this question from Nate it was a good one um you know and and you can point to someone like Booker who on Would paper is ostensibly yeah. talented mm-hmm. but is not capable Fitting, yeah. um of of performing um uh i don't i don't know like i i think booker maybe is I, I, well i guess there's a handful of people we've pointed to over the past few years that just don't seem to have the edge that we're accustomed to michigan state playing with well, and think about the guys that we missed out on who would have been huge liabilities. The asshole Imani Bates, my God. Uh, Rocket Watts, gone in a season. Thank God. Max Christie, the the biggest liability this program's ever had. Horrible basketball player. Don't even know what he's doing now. No idea. <laughs> can't be good. Can't be good. Can't be, good. Can't be productive. So, but to the point, like this is the this has been a trend. This isn't a super recent trend because some of those guys go back, you know, six, five, six years. But this is a problem, and they're not it, good. But you can also point to people like uh, Gabe Brown or Marcus Bingham, who played a lot. Who I would still argue, you know, maybe not uh, chasing talent in the sense, but they still aren't. They aren't cultural fits in the sense of. You know, Gabe Brown would just disappear for games. Mm-hmm. Sure, Marcus, Marcus Bingham was Bingham never is... consistent. Although yeah, maybe he that largely is the disinterested. Now. I don't know. Right. Well, well, look, and that's... Malik, AJ, disinterested, unengaged, not present. So, no. yeah, great question, Nate. I, uh, maybe, maybe Tom is chasing talent now as a sort of a swan song of sorts for you know wanting to go out on top and and be done. Um, not working. Uh, last up from Nate C. By this time next year, will men's basketball be considered the worst sport at MSU? Oh my God! Can you imagine? There would be. I I actually would love for that to happen. Yeah, that would be rich. Because next year seems going to have even more talent on it than this year's team, according to the recruiting rankings. Uh, well, there will still be people showing up at board meetings ask for swim and dive, so that will still be the worst. Oh my god! MSU. Very good. And and people in our Twitter questions asking about it. Mama belief. Move Bring it back. On. Next up from Jer Bear, will Baylor win be the peak of this basketball season? It's starting to look that way. On they're by far the best team that we've beaten, and we've not seen any indication. It, it would take a tourney run to beat it. Mm-hmm. It would. It's that or beating Purdue. Yep. At Mackey. Um, doesn't seem. It doesn't seem likely. Uh, next up from Jerry Bear, Malik Hall over under 14 and a half points against Michigan Tuesday. Well, it is a perfect I think Malik Michigan's Hall game. Aren't they most talented at the four? Sure. Could be. I, I, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go that this is Malik Hall was one of his diarrhea days and just <laughs> shits the bed. But Tyson Walker goes out of his mind Can you 35 imagine? points why why doesn't malik hall adopt that as his nil brand diarrhea days <laughs> put that on a t-shirt get him in touch with depends uh <laughs> that's good good next up Ooh. Beppe plum 
I am so pumped to see this. the Lions in the Super Bowl, or I am so pumped to miss out. Bummed. I'm so bummed to miss out on the Lions in the Super Bowl. Not sure. I could post this tonight, but I, it's an, I'm annoyingly me. So, what is the most you would pay per ticket to attend a Lions Super Bowl? For him, it's $175, maybe. Mm. I mean, well, um, I think you're the only one for whom this really applies in any way. Well, so we were looking last night. Tickets on Delta to get from Detroit to Las Vegas for the weekend were $2,700 in coach, uh, which is and just... Las Vegas is like one of the most affordable places to fly right. to. In oh, the it was a joke. Well, yeah, but you could fly Spirit for $300. Well, I mean, so it's like... Or, or could you drive down to like Indianapolis and then fly out or something like that? Oh, yeah. Cleveland, Columbus. I mean, they were all a couple hundred dollars. It's just, it's right. a joke. But it's because... It's so offensive. People love Delta in Detroit. I mean, no one doesn't want to fly Delta. So, uh, and then, of course, by the end of the game, the prices were down to $1,200. (laughs) (laughs) It was just this amazing thing that they went that fast down. I feel like that should, is that, is that not price gouging? Oh, yeah. Delta for sure. Ed Bastion should go to prison. But for any number of (laughs) other reasons, that's not the only one. For sure. Uh. So what would you also, pay you though to like actually to get LA and just driven in? Uh, yeah, I mean, assuming my assuming Delta was like here, Plum, you get comped tickets. I would probably spend four hundred dollars. I, I think I'd spend four hundred dollars to see Detroit in the Super Bowl. I think four hundred. Four hundred. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, question: Is that give or take the same number to watch Michigan State hoops play in a national championship? See, that's the I would spend. Time. Yeah, I would. I would probably. Oh God. Like Jason can't hear me say this. I would probably spend up if they were very good seats. I would not sit in the nosebleeds for this, but if I had like good seats and I could like really see it, probably $750 to watch us play in the national championship. Football or basketball? Just basketball. I don't think I'd spend that much on football. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. But that shouldn't surprise anybody. I've always been more into basketball than football on this podcast. But I think it actually would surprise people because you are uh, more hate filled when you talk about basketball. Because I love margin. them and because I've always loved Tom and I want the most and I can't have it because he refuses to give it to me. So it, it, I want this to be about me for a moment. Interesting wrinkle about living here in this town is, mm. is it more fun to be here during one of those games or to be at one of those games because the last time msu was in the final four our our social media director and i sat down and we discussed (laughs) it and we decided it was more fun to be here than in minneapolis would you guys make a similar decision did we make the wrong decision should we make a different decision next time and next time is an inevitability this will come up again i so you two have an experience that i don't have Mm-hmm. you've been to a final four. Mm. Oh, that's true. So yeah. Have, I've been to a national so championship me, game. Yep. Yeah. So for me, it, it, I'm in the plum boat where also those RSUs, like, I don't care. I'll start donating plasma. I am going to that game yeah. and Got I will it. not, I like, I missed out on a fair amount that I really have big regrets about. And so I'm, I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. And now you've got to pay the price for that. Got it. Understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Last up from Beppe Plum, rant of the week, sleeping in. Thanks to the Southern Death bl- Storm Blizzard of 2024, I got 13 straight days off of school. Oh, my God. So my body is off schedule. Boo-hoo for the guy that's worked 23 days since November 18th. Ah, that's I so good. The hatred. I had Look, no Beppe, concept uh, for how much storm there was. My well, Lord. Well, they just don't have ways to get rid of it. They that's can't. True. They don't know what to do. They just They're, melt it down just when it happens. down. <laughs> and... and uh, there and was also, a, Beppe, we are not people who uh, hate on good things for other people. No, we so. celebrate you. We celebrate this. Well, we, you. Sometimes we do. For well, the I mean, right he's people, an, we don't. Uh, well, he's an educator. I mean, the public school system is so broken. What are teachers? But frankly, parasites on a ta- over-glutted tax system. So really, here, here. you know, blah. blah. <laughs> Next up, Mama Belief. We couldn't guard store with a fishnet, said Izzo on Wisconsin Guard Store. He's a wing, but whatever. Uh, so what defensive tactical gear do you think would secure a Spartan win? Bug spray used <laughs> in the paint? Crazy glue spread on the three-point line? Or Stephen King-esque invisible dome at the foul line? <laughs> It's it's your dismissiveness for me. <laughs> I I want to be clear that bug spray, crazy glue, and <laughs> dome, you're describing you're describing as tactical gear. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine winning a game because there's an aroma of bug spray in the paint? In the paint. You're like, oh, the deet was too high. We couldn't go down we low. Couldn't, we just couldn't focus. <laughs> I, I thought that like that Maddie had Maddie had like a like off in his hand and just shot it in their eyes. Because that would be my that, choice. That would sting. That would sting. That would be my choice. Uh I would uh, I mean, I think we'd need tasers to win that Wisconsin game. Um or maybe just like a, a little shiv uh, in the, in the hand. Yeah, I mean, we kind of set this one up with the uh, with the Billy stick to the knee reference from earlier. Um, next up uh, from a mop leaf. Long. No, no, I'll read it. Okay, I'll read it. Oh God! Long time, sixty years. MSU writing professor and wife of a former MSU president, Pauline Adams, recently died at the age of hundred one. On her 100th birthday and answering what matters most in life, she said, quote, a sense of contentment, of satisfaction, moderation. What gives you satisfaction? Is this true? I thought, I thought that she had okay. passed away a while ago. Probably she did. Uh, Susan's backed up right now. Also, Susan, the structure of your question, what you meant to ask us was what matters most in life to us? Why would you choose satisfaction of the three values? Why didn't you ask us what gives us contentment or what should we and moderate? What gives us lives? moderation? Yeah, no. And we're refusing to answer it because the structure of the question was wrong. It was wrong. And I'm not satisfied. Um, uh, this what, is, this is correct. Satisfaction is not out. answering. I, I was thinking of a piece that was done for her by, uh, on her uh, with NPR and like, 2015 2016 that i thought was like related to it was posthumously anyway but but this is true yeah she did recently pass um anyway sorry go ahead continue next up mr neurotic pants okay alex (laughs) 
Do you know her story, off? by the way? Or her, no, but we'll hear it another time. I, okay. no I, believe, uh, it, oof, I cannot <laughs> imagine what her story is. Uh, Mr. Neurotic Pants, Alex, can you go off on a tirade about the many complaints, bitchings, and offenses of Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh is so we talked earlier about the uh about the uh the initiation protocol that all new head coaches must undertake. Jim Harbaugh was the first to fillet Bo's statue with teeth. That tells you everything you needed to know about the absolutely uncanny and fully characteristically well, the adjective I wanted to use there wasn't gonna make it into prime time, and I wanted to save Greg a cut, so I'm not gonna say it. What we can say is this is a guy who went to his kids or niece or nephew's T-ball game in his own protective tent. One person, single tent with a little clear plastic window so he could watch the game. And he sat behind the dugout. He was wearing pants. It was summer. Those pants were pleated khakis. His shirt was tucked in. He is horrible. It was also the lean forward, the, the lean forward. Oh, and the, re- the posture, rest, the elbows on the knees. Yeah, yes. fully, fully horrible. This is a guy who insisted on our players being arrested, uh, potentially tried, convicted and executed for uh, a, it was an act of, of brazen senselessness in the tunnel, but who couldn't hold a single one of his own guys accountable for anything. Yep. This is a man who was so self, uh, f- uh, self-inflated that he convinced an entire ecosystem to follow him into their own self-disrespect and self-ridicule. This is a man who absolutely uh, uh, emasculated his boss uh, and, the, frankly, the president of the university, which, you know, frankly is – its own offense, because if you can be the standard bearer for a program that disrespects itself so much that they can do little not but to kowtow to to you and yep. you still left to go to L.A. where you will be a fucking failure. <laughs> <laughs> you had everything you could have ever wanted in life. You would never have been pushed out of this job. You could have retired at whatever fucking salary you wanted from now until forever. And you're uprooting your family and moving to Los Angeles so that you can run an NFL team. You've already failed at that once, Jim. You're going to fail again back in California. You are an absolute, I can't say it. You're horrible and we don't like you and we wish you nothing but the worst. (laughs) Greg, hockey splitting with Michigan and Minnesota is progress, right? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Next up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. When was the last time any of you have been to a Spartan hockey game? Uh, earlier this season, and it was a good time. Uh, I was very fortunate to get to go with, uh, with one of our Twitter questioners, and I greatly appreciate that. Uh, next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, do you have any can't read, can't write swag you can send to me? If you want to send me money, I'm happy to... <laughs> We'd be happy to print you up a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, 
you cut this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, what center should Izzo have tried to bring in from the transfer portal before the season? There's the guy at Nebraska. Uh, I, I think uh, Tennessee has maybe an all te- all SEC center on their team that was a transfer. Like they were there, they were there, they were there. Um, uh, uh, last uh, up from the abductor guy. Oh, god, is it too hard? Many questions? Is it? Yeah, it is too many. But I actually kind of like this one, and it, this is our chance to get on the on the uh, record with this. Is it hard to win in the big 10 hard on the, is it hard to win on the road in the big 10 and will it be harder in the big 18? Uh, The answer is yes. And the answer is, I think more. Yes. Like there are going to be some discouraging games where we've got to go to the USC on a Tuesday night and they're going to play in front of no one and drop the game. Because those West Coast trips are going to be murder for your record. And as those teams are going to learn, their East Coast trips are going to be murderer for their records. And I think that's going to put some real tension on all of those sports that mm-hmm. aren't football. And it's going to be Do part. Do you think in football, though, it will, uh, it, it might actually end up netting out to a competitive advantage of sorts in the in the playoff system because these teams will have more institutionalized knowledge over time about how best to travel yeah how to do that or, like, yeah. long distance travel yeah absolutely i think Where's so the bowl record or something like that. yeah and that's part of how i think maybe this even if it's even if it implodes like we kind of think it will in the long run like maybe they do decide that the big 10 makes sense maybe they do decide that big brands playing each other is not like as inevitable as it looked, but it also in practice, it kind of still works in a number of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, gentlemen, I am optimistic by the next time we get together, we will have a better mood, even if these long-term concerns still exist. So uh, all that said, go green. Go white. Go white.